No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Ken's Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kenslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Very Centuries. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will recap the 2021 OTAs and much, much more. Hey, Dub, man. What's the good word, fam? Hey, man, everything is all good over here, Press. How are you? So I'm easing back into the work week, and I, and I use that term, audience. I'm definitely easing back into the work week. I spent my birthday weekend in Vegas, A-Dub, 108-degree temperatures. The drinks were flowing. I lost all my money gambling, but I'm back, baby. I'm back. <laughs> well, first of all, welcome back, Dom. I want to say this to you, man. I hope you enjoyed your birthday. Hope you had a great time, and it's good to chat it up with you today, man. Yes, sir. We're going to get into it, man. First of all, there's some things that happened while, while I was away that, that kind of made me happy, and this is going to be the hater press y'all about to hear. But LeBron James got kicked out of the playoffs. Listeners, I know you're like, man, this is a football podcast, but I still got to talk about this. Hey, Dub, talk to him. First round, knocked out of the playoffs by the Phoenix Suns. And hey, Dub, I told you that Phoenix Suns team was going to be an exciting team this year. I told you. Hey, Prez, you definitely told me that for sure, man. Early before the season even started, you and I talked about that when they got Chris Paul. Well, let me tell you this here, man, to all the LeBron fans out there. You got to realize that he's an aging superstar. Mm-hmm. And you guys go around acting like this guy can carry the load by himself. Well, what you found out, exactly can't. You found he got a rude awakening. He needs Anthony Davis. That's right. And that guy from Chicago, our boy, hometown kid, is a phenom when he's healthy. When he's healthy. (laughs) When he's healthy, exactly. Because you heard what Charles Barkley called him, which I thought was kind of fucked up when he called him Anthony Street Clothes uh, Davis. Yeah, man, that was bad. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, our boy been hurt a lot, though, man. But the thing is, when he's healthy, Perez, he is phenomenal, man. And when he's playing, the guy is elite. You can probably say he's a top 10 player when he's playing healthy. And last year when they won the chip, man, he was a vital part of that. So, you LeBron fans need to get that man, Anthony Davis, some love when he's healthy because he's a big part of what you all are trying to do. For any LeBron James fans out there, that LeBron GOAT debate, is officially over. In my book, aids up. it never was even a conversation that I was willing to have, but I just want to put this out there on the airwaves because I'm in a petty mood today. LeBron is a legend. I'm going to always say that, and that man deserves his flowers. But Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan, and that's it. There is no debate. Like you said before, man, it never was a debate for me at all. You know, it kind of got off to a bad start. He's never a debate at that point. But I got to go ahead and give Phoenix some love and say, look, Chris Paul, what you guys did over that, man, you all did phenomenal. You earned the right to go to that next round. Yeah, man, so we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But that that thing tripped me out. That damn fight that they had over the weekend, that Floyd versus <laughs> Paul trash. And remember, 
when we was on Big Dave's show, I told y'all I wasn't gonna watch that thing, and I ended up watching it anyway. I blame you and Big Dave, uh, A Dub. Hey, look, man, you were out in Vegas. You had no choice but to watch it, man. You can't be in that man hometown and not watch it. <laughs> I know, so, man. I know. <laughs> well, I'm glad you saw it, though, man. It wasn't what we expected, of course. It was more of a sparring match, an exhibition fight, and that's really what it was. I'm just going to ask you this, A-Dub, because I know you're going to be objective on this part. Floyd knocked him out, and did you see him hold him up? Yes, yes, and I heard Paul speak on that. He was like, uh, he pretty much saying that he didn't get knocked out. But to me, Perez, it looked like Floyd gave him a good one and the guy like he was going down. And then you see Floyd um, wrapped up under him, holding him up. So, you know, <laughs> you can call it what you want to call it, but it like dude took a clean one. <laughs> he took a clean one. I think that was one of them ones that was like, hey, he should have ducked the other way because uh, you could tell that they kind of choreographed that whole thing. It, it just kind of seemed like it to me. I don't know, man. I don't know. Right. <laughs> hey, man, you can take it wherever you want to take it, though. But I'll tell you one thing, man. That hit did hurt him. It looks like it rocked him. He can say it didn't hurt him. You know how guys are in boxing. It didn't hurt me. I'm good. Nah, I look like you were hurt, man. Paul, you can't fake box, man. That ain't nothing to joke with. And you saw right there, even something where Floyd was probably going like 40% at most, he still could have sent Buddy packing. Oh, yeah, he could have, man. Floyd's out there having fun, man. I mean, he wanted to just show a dude that, hey, you from a skill standpoint, we're not on the same level at all. And think about this here, Perez. That dude is huge over Floyd. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was at least 200 pounds. <laughs> exactly. But Floyd, hey, showed him, they look, man, you, you can't compete with me, man. I, I can hurt you if I really want to. Yeah, man. But that was nothing but a cash grab. And and I'm just going to say this, A-Dub, because you called it even when we talked about it on the Ball Sports uh, podcast. You mentioned Hey, man, Floyd don't care about the legacy, man. It's all about the bag. And I guarantee he's going to do another one of these exhibitions, and it'll probably be with the other Paul brother. You never know, man. What's in the works when it comes down to Floyd? He always says he's done, and then somehow he finds himself in the ring again. So salute to him, man. I, I like Floyd. I really do praise. To see him get in the ring, to me, is a plus just to see him out there. I'm not looking for him to be this great Floyd that he was when he was younger. But the fact that he's out there, to me, it just speaks volumes. Same way I felt when um, other guys did. I mean, you know, there are other greats who've been in the ring before, past their prime, and done exhibitions before. So I'm not mad at him for being able to do it. Nah, man, I ain't mad at him either. Go get that money, man, because you got fools out here that's willing to pay 50 bucks. So if you got a sucker out there, man, why not go find him? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Well, speaking of somebody else that I ain't mad at, Julio Jones, man, got his wish. So, you know, on the last couple episodes, we talked about Shannon Sharp calling him up on the live broadcast and finding out from Julio, hey, he's out of there. He didn't want to be with the Falcons. He said he didn't want to go to the Cowboys. Well, he got his wish on both accounts because he got sent to the Titans. Talk to him, A-Dub. Man, hey, look, Perez, going to the Titans is not a bad thing, man. I mean, a guy get a chance now to be a lethal threat for them, possibly. He got a great running back over there as well, Henry. I mean, he got what he wanted. He wanted out. Hey, he's going somewhere to where he can possibly play and maybe even look better than he did before playing with Atlanta. So good for him, man. Kudos for him. He's out of there and looks like he's ready to play football. Man, hell yeah. You made a good point because that Tennessee offense is about to go crazy, dude. You got already got Derrick Henry who can run for 2,000 yards already. Now you got an offense. You got him with Tannehill. With A.J. Brown, who was a fucking stud, we saw Man. what he could do last year. You know, he, he, he put up some numbers against us in that slot last season. But now he's joining that type of offense. The only thing with Julio Jones, and you and I have talked about this off air, is injuries. He just can't yes. stay healthy. 
That's the only thing that worries me about this for Tennessee. But I'm telling you, for an NFL and any football fan, this was a hell of a trade. And good for Tennessee Titans, man, for making that move. You know, Perez, I'm looking to see, like you said, his health-wise and how much he has left in the tank. I don't think he fell off that badly. But the thing is, he wasn't their best wide receiver the past couple of years. So I want to know how much he really has in the tank. I want to see that burst that he has, you know, what he's going to do this year. Again, it's all about what value he can add to help out those guys. So like you said, Perez, they got a good core now. You add him to it. Yeah, because the Titans, they lost Corey Davis. He left the free agency. So this obviously is a great addition to them. But Julio Jones is coming off one of his worst seasons of his career. We'll see what yep. happens here for him in Tennessee. But the last point that I had on this A-Dub, when I look at this, look at the value that the Falcons were able to get in a trade for him. They were able to get a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick. For a guy that's 32 years old with a huge contract, that's not a bad haul of draft picks. It really is impressed. And to me, I thought they might have got the better end of this deal here. Possibly. We'll see what the draft we'll see, looks right? like, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't know at that point. But right now, you can look at the part of the price tag up and say, you know what? Tennessee Titans did very good with this. Yeah. So we'll see. It could be one of those situations where it works out for both teams, right? So you, you never know, yeah. bro. You never know. <laughs> no one's losing any sleep at this point. <laughs> no, nah, man. But just for the NFL fan in me, I thought it was a great trade. Glad we don't have the Titans on the calendar this year. So, you know, that's one of those man. things there. Because that offense, boy, they, they looking pretty damn good. Pretty damn they good. They really are. They really are, man. Now, a team that ain't looking too good right now, A-Dub, is the damn Green Bay Packers. Fuck them. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers did not report to Packers mandatory minicamp. A-Dub. We're not going to talk about this too long, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on this because I've told y'all, audience, I'm in a petty mood today. And when I was watching this shit, I was like, good for you, Aaron. Stick it to them. Fuck them. Hey, all I can say to Aaron Rodgers is, hey, keep up the great work, man. You're doing a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, they mad at you. I'm not. Just know that A-Dub is on your side. Keep doing what you're doing. Enjoy yourself, man. Enjoy your summer. Do whatever you got to do. Sticking to those guys, like Perez said, hey, at this point, you're just making us happy. That's all. Listen, A-Dub, every time I think of Aaron Rodgers, I think about that damn video of him dancing in Hawaii. I wonder where he's at right now. Where in the world is Aaron Rodgers right now? Where? I wonder. <laughs> hey, but that brother's having a good time, man. Wherever he's at, he's somewhere dancing again. That's all That's all I got to say about him. But, <laughs> you know, he's got the support of his teammates because uh, Devontae Adams, A-Dub, he went out and basically was just like, look, that's my guy. I'm not about to criticize me. So I, I got his back 100,000%. You know what I mean? Yeah, they all know what it is, Fred. Some of the, some of the guys that's on his side, they kind of get it, man. The front office and him not getting along. You know what I'm saying, Fred? It's just going a little bit further than we thought it would go. So let it continue. Yeah, I didn't see it getting to this point, but that just goes to show you how deep that divide is because this is the first time in his career that he's ever missed any sort of mandatory anything since he's been with the organization. And that is a big deal, Fred. Hell yeah, the organization can sit here and try to say it's not that big of a deal. They can sit up here and try to trot out Jordan Love. But from what I saw, he was trash in in the damn sessions that were open to the media because I saw those Packers beat reporters tearing that kid up. So it's like, this is not a good situation for the Packers in that front office. Definitely not, man. And they fumbled this here for his (laughs) with Aaron Rodgers. Hey, somebody else is going to get lucky getting Aaron Rodgers. That's the thing, man. I, I just, when I look at it, what is the Broncos and the, and the Raiders or the Dolphins? Those got to be the three teams. Like, I don't know. I can't think of anybody else. But either way, the Packers got to get him out of there because he obviously does not want to be there anymore. 
Yeah, man. And this is getting really ugly as this continues to go on, right? With these training counts coming up. And it's like, okay, if he's not there, what are you going to do now, Packers? So this put a lot of pressure on the front office press to make a decision at some point. All I'm going to say is this. Ooh, have the tables turned because those <laughs> Packers fans have been roasting us for 20 years about our quarterbacks, right? And we got a quarterback now. We got a franchise quarterback over here. And y'all franchise quarterback know what to do with y'all. He like, hey, get me up out of here. Hey, and I'm happy for him. I'm just really happy for Aaron Rodgers, man. I've never been more happy for him in my entire time watching football with him with the Packers. So I am more happy for him this time from around for his because he don't want to be there. Right. <laughs> now, now, I will say this. I still don't like his ass, but I love what he's doing to them. <laughs> Me too, I hate that, man. I hate that. I hate that smug face. He's probably somewhere sitting somewhere right now with a smug ass look on his face. He probably was smug when he was dancing with his girl. That's how fucking of much of a jerk he is. But anyway, <laughs> keep, keep doing what you're doing, Aaron. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep up the great work. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, A-Dub, before we get into our OTA talk, I have to discuss with you 1920 football drive, brother. That rolled out last week. And I was so excited, man. I was so pumped. I was watching that thing on my cell phone at the pool, bro, when I was down in Vegas. But I wanted to get your thoughts on it because I got a lot to say about this thing. I love this installment, man. I have to keep rewinding things back, man, because I was like, I got so pumped up. Like, for example, they were talking about that call. Well, that call that was made that Nagy made to Justin Fields. Yes, sir. It was like, what's up, coach? Let's do it. I rewind that back like three or four times, friends, (laughs) when he said that. Yeah. So you remember when we was on on the ball sports show, I had told you Nagy was so pumped up in that conversation. Justin Fields expression never changed. He was just like, hey, yeah, yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. And I'm like, man, and that that was that quiet confidence. Like he's ready to go. He's all right. Cool. We got to do all this talking. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Short call to one of the friends. It was a real short call. He got him off that phone quick, bro. He, he treated Nagy like a bill collector, bro. <laughs> he really did, man. He didn't show any kind of excitement or anything like that for us. He's like, okay, let's get, let's get ready to work, man. Nothing else, nothing more to talk about. So when he got off the phone with him, when he basically went to his family, like, wow, who would have thought? Chicago, wow. Exactly. That lets us know that possibly he wasn't anticipating coming here, Perez, but like I said, it's football. You never know when it comes down to trading up and things of nature that, hey, where you might go. So he may not even have us on his radar because of how far we were in the draft at that point. Yeah, I don't think he saw it happening. So I'm sure it was just a surprise to him, just like it was to all of us, man. But the point of what you kind of brought up as far as that conversation between Nagy and Fields, the part that I really enjoyed was seeing that behind the scenes when they made that decision to make the trade and you saw Nagy fist pumping with the pace. You saw Ted Phillips there. And they were all like kind of embracing and getting fired up. That was kind of dope to me, kind of seeing that behind the scenes access of like, Hey, y'all guys, we make this shit happen. And they were kind of like basking in it. You remember when Nagy, when he told them to turn that shit up when they was getting ready to make the pick? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, man, friends, that, I tell you, man, it got me pumped up all over again. And the thing is, friend, I thought I was excited when we watched the draft, man. I was even more excited watching this, you know, yeah, and how yeah. the behind-the-scenes stuff was going. You're not kidding, because, you know, yeah, we turned up in our Zoom draft party, but I'm going to tell you this, that shit there, if we'd have had access to that, Man, our party would have went up even more than it did that night. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the other thing, Prince, that I was so excited about, man, I was listening to Graham talk about before he got drafted, you know, um, 
thinks about him and his sister, right? Because he kind of talked about that part of it. And I didn't realize that his sister was that dope when it came down the track, you know? He was like, I was the forgotten son. <laughs> you know, no one knew I was really, that my parents really had a son, you know? And he talked about that part of it. I'm like, man, that's awesome. And the fact that he's an underdog, man, a guy who used his sister as motivation, man, to get where he's at. So to me, it was a good story just hearing his take on it. Yeah, that's a good point because he, what did he say? His sister was breaking national records. Yeah. He, and he was like, I'm just sitting over here, like, yeah, I'm here too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. But also, you could tell Graham has a little bit of that underdog in him too, because remember when Nagy made the call to him and, and Graham was kind of just like, yeah, you know, it's been frustrating, you know, like, you yep. know, I've been waiting. And Nagy was like, what you frustrated about? You just got drafted into the NFL. And that whole house over there went up. That was a dope-ass scene, too, man. I'm glad you brought that up, bro. That was heartfelt, man. When yep. I saw his family, bro, I mean, bro, I ain't a lot of you, bro. It's almost brought a tear to my eye, man. Because that kind of excitement that your family's behind you, they know yes, the hard sir. work you put into it, bro. Yes, they got yes, so sir. excited and pumped up with him, man. I was like, oh, that's so awesome. I'm kind of glad that was part of this whole thing here, man. And that's why this thing is so good for us fans to be able to see this type of stuff because it it helps you to understand these guys a little bit more, knowing these stories. Like even hearing Borum talk about his mother because she's like a waitress yep. and she had that job where she was working at opening shift. Anybody that knows what that shift means, that means this woman is getting up at four o'clock in the morning to basically bust her ass and, and handle breakfast and lunch shifts every day on her feet. And he saw that type of hustle. He saw that type of de dedication and determination. So guess what? It probably made him even hungry to go do what he needs to do or he could go take care of his mom. Absolutely, Press. You hit it right on the head, man. And seeing that guy, how he, how that story he's told about that, man, it just tells you about his character. Like, man, this kid's a hard worker, man. He got that stuff from his mom, man. And that really resonated with him. And that's why he's going so hard as he's going so far now. Yeah, so just seeing those stories, it really just, it, it, it humanizes these guys because so many times fans, you know, and I'm guilty of it too, you know, oh, this guy sucks and you're booing somebody, but man, they're human beings too, man. They got family, they're people, you know, they got kids in some cases, you know, wives, right. whatever. So a lot of times things like this helps to kind of humanize them and you get to see a different side of them. And that's really dope. One thing, A-Dub, I wanted to also give a shout out to was those area scouts. No one oh, ever man. talks about those guys, but those mm -hmm. guys are the ones that are doing all the grunt work in the car, driving from city to city, going for different pro days, doing all the work. So when we talk about a Daz Newsome or, or Larry Borum or whoever else, these are the guys that are finding those diamond and the rough type players, right? Exactly, and those are the guys that are unsung heroes. And those are the guys that are sacrificing because they're spending weeks at a time on the road away from their children and their families. So I think that's, Showing those individuals, I thought was really huge too. Exactly, Press. Kudos to those scouts, man. I'm with you there, Press, because they don't get enough respect from all of us, man. They really don't, Press, including myself. I don't respect those. I don't give those guys enough respect and enough kudos for all the hard work they put into all this stuff, man. So I got to give it to those guys, man. The other thing I saw with that, Press, along with that, was also Bill Lazor and also Flip. I got to see those guys in there, man. And that camaraderie that was building with the team, you know, that chemistry and understanding these players and talking with them, man. I love those conversations, friends. I really did. Oh, yeah. And that's the things that we don't get to see. And those are the reasons why you get more excited when you have your Justin Fields, because those are the people that are going to be tasked with helping Nagy develop this kid. And it's going to be something that's going to be really special. My last takeaway from 1920 football drive, A-Dub, was when Justin Fields was going over film with the coach and he basically said, hey, 
This play that he was making in the BCS game, he said, we run a two high shell look, right? Right. And he was saying he was knowing that he was going to have to work the boundary of the defense. So he talked through what his thinking was on that play. He said, I've started with my eyes going to the left, and then I moved them to the right. He said the reason why he was doing that was because he was trying to read the safety. And mm-hmm. then he spoke about his coach, which was Coach Ryan Day from Ohio State. He said that that philosophy that Day has stealed on those quarterbacks was if the linebacker had his back turned and his eyes off of the quarterback, then in their theory, that guy's wide open. And so on right. that play, the way he looked them off, he said, hey, that guy's open. I'm throwing him in the ball. And guess what? It was a big-time completion. And on that play, what the coach is telling A-Dub, he said, that was a hell of a read, but an even greater throw. And that is the quarterback that we got coming in here. Somebody that understands defense. They understand how to read formations. They understand how to process information. And the guy has a motherfucking cannon. Put a step on it, friends. <laughs> <laughs> I validate everything you just shared there, brother, because you're right, man. I'm glad they broke that down, Chris. I'm glad, man, because now those who didn't know Justin Fields and how he thinks and also his talent level, skill level, and also his cerebral part of him, you got a chance to get a, a small glimpse of that right then and there. You know what? I, I got one more. I also thought it was kind of classy of Nagy there at the end when after they drafted Justin Fields, they gave some props to Brian Pace. They gave him his flowers. Say, hey, man, this guy's been busting his ass working his ass off. We know that we demand a lot of him. We throw a lot of information at him. We want this guy. We want that guy. And he said, you know what? Go take your vacation. Go drink yourself some bourbon and go be a dad for a week. And I was like, bro, that was some heartfelt shit right there because that's no different than me and you, A-Dub. We're over here right. ass with this podcast and we know, hey, you know what? Hey, man, we might need to go recharge, man. Take a couple of days and then come back to it. That's how I basically looked at that. And I was like, that's a brotherhood right there. And I really appreciated that. I'm glad they recognized it, too, man, because I will say this draft, Pace did a phenomenal job, man. He really did. He busted his butt press, like they say, man, and he put it on the line, and he did it, man. He got the job done, and all we can do is salute to that, man. And I'm glad this team saw that in him as well and said, hey, look, man, you earned it. You really did. You earned that time off. Go ahead and enjoy it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then also seeing Justin Fields arriving in Chicago, coming (laughs) here looking fucking swagged out getting out of that damn Escalade, but then seeing him walk up to Soldier Field. He sees his big-ass fucking picture there, and he's like, boy, this is like makes me feel at home. And I'm like, yes, you are home. This is your home, brother. Chicago is your home. Welcome. And welcome home, baby. Welcome home with Justin Fields. Man, I'm glad we got him, friends. I really am, though. But one more thing I want to add to what you were saying, man, about, about, the, about the show, man. It's Tevin Jenkins, man. I really did like his family when he actually got drafted, you know, when he got that phone call from Nagy, man, how his family turned up for him, man. And that was awesome to see as well. I know we talked about that with others, but, man, it's just always good for us to see that support that they all getting from their family, man. And I got to give Tevin Jenkins his props because, man, I'm glad we got him on the squad. It was good to see him talk a little bit. Yeah, and also, too, <laughs> when they showed that clip of him finishing that block and he blocked that fucking guy all the way to the sideline, that got me excited <laughs> all over again, too, because I'm like, that's the shit that we're going to see from that kid, that fucking edge that he has, right? Finishing his blocks, playing with that fucking type of demeanor. That is what we didn't have on this offensive line. So, A-Dub, good call out on Tevin Jenkins. I love this draft class. And just seeing those guys, even like Khalil Herbert, when he was talking to the running back coach, there's just so yeah. much... Just good stuff that we saw in this episode. It's just really good when you get to see these guys, kind of hear them speak, 
and get to know them a little bit more as humans than just, you know, players on the team. The other thing about the coaches too, man, it's like, it's just seeing everybody talk and speak, right? Being humanized, you know? But now get an opportunity to see these guys talk, see these guys work. You kind of appreciate them a lot more. For sure. I also liked how Nagy got a little sneak diss in on uh, Sean Desai. He tricked him when he was talking to him. He said, hey, man, this offense is going to throw all kind of tutties right on the defense today. And he's like, ain't that right, uh, Sean? And Sean was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, got you already. Tricked you already. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice, man. It really was. And uh, then they all started talking like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, That was cool, man. I like that, man. That's a good one. And seeing uh, Fields out there with those guys whipping the ball around, looking at the coaches, talking to him, asking who was your center in in, in, uh, in in college. And he said it was Myers. That was the kid that got drafted by the Packers. And then uh, Justin Fields was like, yeah, he got drafted by the wrong team. Like, so you could already <laughs> tell this kid gets it, man. He's already looking at the Packers like, man, these guys are our rival. Fuck them. He's, he's the same way we think about them. Exactly, man. I like that, man. I really like the attitude. So, man, 1920 football drive, man, I'm glad it is back. Can't wait to the next episode. But, man, A-Dub, there was so much good stuff in there. I might watch that shit again after we're done recording, bro. It was so good. I will be watching the game, man, because it gets me pumped up every time I see it. All right. Well, audience, we said on this episode we're going to wrap up the 2020 OTAs. So last week we briefly touched on the OTAs, but we wanted to kind of drill down a little bit more. So we're going to start with last week's recaps. And then we're going to finish the episode by kind of giving our thoughts on this week. The one thing, A-Dub, before we get started, I'm going to say this, man. And this is more of just why the Bears are who they are as an organization. Sometimes it just bothers me. But why are they so secretive when it comes to these OTAs? They treat this shit like Area 51, bro. It's so ridiculous that you can't get any sort of information. The beat reporters are afraid to fucking do their jobs. They can't fucking say this about what they're seeing. They can't send out any video clips. It's ridiculous. We can't get any information. Friends, I think it's more than just about us, man. I think it's about the competition. <laughs> they don't want them to know anything what's going on with us either. So maybe that's why they're doing it by it, but I really want to know what's going on too, man. I really am curious about all the things that's been happening. We've been hearing some good stories, but not enough video and, and seeing what's really happening. But I think they're probably trying to keep some things on the wrap right now. Man, dude, they've been doing that shit since uh, this whole naggy era has been here, being all that secretive shit. And I haven't seen anything <laughs> on the damn field. So it's like, basically, stop being hiding because you've been hiding your office for years, Naggy. We right. want to know what the hell's going on in there. I want to see what's going on in that kitchen, bro. Oh, yeah. I want a piece of that, too, man. Hey, what's cooking over there, man? <laughs> Let us know. Let us in on the secrets. Yeah, but the, the reason why I, I bring that point up is just the, the fact that this fan base is so fired up. We can't get enough of the Justin Fields content. I mean, I just like seeing the guy on the football field. So it's like, man, let me see a couple of Justin Fields throws. You know, let, let me see what's going on there. So that's just that's all I want to say. That's all I wanted to say right there. It's, it just, to me, it comes off a little weird that they're so secretive. Show us some things. It's okay. We love the 1920 football drive. That's great. But it'll be nice to see a little bit more here and there. And we, we know for competitive reasons, you can't show us everything. We get that. But come on, give the fans a little bit of something, you know? We're give over here face. Yeah, we're over here feeding. You know, just give us a little something, something. <laughs> exactly, man, because I do want to see more from these guys. And the thing is, first, I want to see a lot more from these young guys. I won't nag you to say, look, I'm going to open it up, let you guys see a bit more, man. Chicago Bears, open it up for us, man, because I know Prez and I, I know fans out there also want to see. Give us some more clips of this, man. I want to see these guys work. Good, better, and different. I know we got a good squad. I know these guys humble. I just want to see these young guys play. Man, I'm right there with you. So, all right, man. So, last week, 
We talked to the audience really briefly about Daz Newsom's injury. We discussed the fact that it was a broken collarbone, that he had surgery. And now they're saying that the recovery time is going to be eight weeks. So with that type of time frame, A-Dub, he should be able to return right in time for training camp because training camp's that last July. week in July. We should be good there with, with Daz Newsom coming back. Obviously, that'll be a situation that you have to monitor, see how he is with reps and how they ease him back into the practices or whatnot. It sucks to see anybody get injured, right, Prez? It's always hard, especially as a young guy. You're trying to learn things. You want to show the, the team what you got, what you're able to do. But to me, it's a small setback, man. And um, hoping you have a good recovery and come back ready to roll. Yes, sir. Now, last week, some of the work that we got out of camp in regards to the quarterbacks, we heard that Andy Dalton had been pretty strong in the offseason program. And they said that he basically took all of the first team reps. Right. And they also mentioned that Justin Fields took the number two reps and basically that Nick Foles wasn't present. As I mentioned in the past, Andy Dalton is learning his offense at the same time that Justin Fields is learning the offense, right? So they're all doing this for the first time. And so one of the things that everybody was saying last week in regards to Andy Dalton was, hey, you know what? He's got that veteran experience. The team is confident that Dalton has learned a lot in his various offenses that he's running his career. And obviously, he's probably not going to be phased by much because he's seen a lot with defenses. So correct. that's what he has worked for him. He's worked with Laser before. And so last week, what we heard was, for the most part, Dalton was good. And they said that he's been good in the offseason program. Now, A-Dub, when it comes to Justin Fields, this is the part that really, really makes me wonder, do we have a budding quarterback competition, bro? Because even last week, Justin Fields was impressing the coaches, his teammates, and his media, the people that were out there that were observing not only what he was doing in them rookie money camps, but also what he was doing in OTAs last week. Because that was the first taste of seeing him with those veteran players. And what was the one common thing that everybody was saying about Justin Fields, A-Dub, last week? I think it was about his throwing ability, right? The fact that he can throw pretty well his accuracy. So that, but they said his confidence, and they say he's got that quiet leadership, bro. Yeah, that's that's what we saw from him in Ohio State. This guy is doing similar things in practice, man, that he was doing at Ohio State. So it's starting to see that it carry over, right, Perez? And it's starting to carry over. I know it's without the pass, right? No one's tackling anyone. But you're starting to see the fact that his cerebral part of it is still showing up very well. His leadership is still showing up. Those things what you'd like to see in a young quarterback right away. And the thing is, he's earning respect from those vets. He really is. And so even still, the coaching staff is still telling us Dalton is going to be the guy that's going to start week one. Even still, Justin Fields last week looked pretty damn good. You mentioned, though, in the previous episode that Nick Foles was basically excused for uh, personal reasons. So nothing to see there. I joked about him being the most expensive, highest paid third string quarterback in the league. (laughs) You can't release him. And no team is probably going to trade for him based on that contract. So you're basically just stuck with this guy as basically a mentor. So right. that's what we have in the, in the quarterback aspect of things. But a couple guys that I wanted to get some kudos to from last week in the OTAs, and this is just reporting that came out from the media, is they said that Cole Komet and Marquise Goodwin were some standout players last week, uh, A-Dub and practices. First of all, it's good to hear that, Perez, because you want to see these guys you know, start to fit in into the culture and, and learn more with this team, right? So it's good to see those guys get off to a good start. And uh, the thing is, Perez, this is probably going to continue. So I'm happy for Goodwin. 
to finally start, you know, to, to click with the team and, and and get some things going well for himself. And I'm quite sure, man, this is going to play dividends down the road. Absolutely. And one thing, too, to think about this. So with Goodwin being one of those free agent additions that they made, everybody knows him for his speed, right? Right. How he can stretch open the field, and that's something that we can use in this offense. And I'm just saying this. With the quarterback that actually can connect on those type of throws, that's going to be a really good addition to this to this offense. We said it again about some of the offensive weapons that we have wide receiver. But Cole Komet, that really excited me to hear that he was someone that the media highlighted because I'm expecting for his role to be expanded here in his second year, A-Dub, and we're probably going to see him more involved in the passing game. And we're going to get into a little bit more Cole Komet a little bit later in the show when we talk about some of our feedback from this week. But these two guys right here, it was really encouraging to hear their names brought up last week. Yes, it was, Perez. And you think about the fact you talked about our depth, right? The depth with the team. Man, look, we know Graham is getting older, right? We already know that already, Perez. Mm-hmm. He can't do this forever. Having commit come in and do his thing, man, and play a major part this coming season is going to be huge. And then you add Goodwin, right? I think, I think you still have something to prove out there, right? You add him yep. to the mix of this, man. Hey, man, this can be dynamic, Press. You talk about Andy Dalton or Justin Fields being the ones throwing it to these guys, man. That is awesome because you know what? The thing is, this is going to help everyone on the field be great pretty much. And I think adding these guys, see them improve together, it's going to be dynamic. Speaking of something that could be dynamic, the one point that we've made a lot on this show is the fact that if we could get this offensive line to gel and to come together, that this offense could be really fucking good, A-Dub. And so with that being said, last week, we saw that all the offensive linemen, they were there. And uh, Jermaine Fetty basically talked about the fact that he said it was really good because he said he felt like the offensive line was starting to gel together. So I thought that was really important to hear because – that's something that you and I have talked about a lot on this show is worried about the tackles and worried about the guys on that interior line that miss time and how guys are going to come back and play. So that was encouraging, man. Very encouraging, man, to see these guys have each other's back, man. And that's what's about on the offensive line as well, Perez, backing up your guy, man, and supporting each other on that line, man, and working hard together. Because it's going to be them together, right? That's going to have to do it. It's not going to be one guy. It's going to be a group. So if you guys continue to maintain that camaraderie, working hard together, man, growing together, helping each other out. That is good to see, man. And kudos to those guys, man, from coming together like that, Press. Also, too, you got to think about it like this. When you think about offensive linemen, that's a group right there that's all about those guys have to work together, right? They have to have yep. really good communication. So the fact that they all showed up I thought was really huge because they're going to have to get that down, Pat. But that's true. One of the things, too, that I think that made it easier for those guys to all decide to report is – they knew that Nagy wasn't going to have them grinding out there on the field and having them working themselves to death. They were doing a lot of teaching and kind of getting these guys up to speed. So I think they're going to ramp them up a little bit as mm-hmm. time goes on. But I thought in these OTAs, I think they just wanted to get those guys out there and kind of get them working together. And so I think that was really good, though, that those guys all showed up and they all got some chance to work around each other and also to help these young guys get up to speed. Yeah, and get to know these young guys too, Perez, you know, and, and all that can do is add help for those young guys, right, to help them improve and grow. So it's only going to help our guys improve, man, especially those young guys. Man, you have never lied about that. So one thing that I wanted to to get your thoughts on, A-Dub, was something that I've kind of noticed coming out of these OTAs is the improved leadership from some of our younger players. So I've noticed 
that David Montgomery and Roquan Smith have kind of stepped up and shown a little bit of leadership. So I want to get your thoughts on it because the things that has impressed me about both of them individually for Roquan, he's the only defensive starter that has shown up. So that showed leadership in a sense for me. But then with David Montgomery, he's been taking a lot of accountability. And I thought in some instances for things that really weren't his fault, but I thought, damn, this guy's saying all the right things and he's out there looking like he's ready to have a breakout season. But I want to get your thoughts on those two as potential emerging leaders on this team, eh, Doug? Man, Perez, I got to give Roquan a whole lot of credit, man, with this. This guy is proving to us, man, that he's continuing to get better on the playing field, on the field, and he's also getting better at being a leader with this team as well, like you mentioned. I'm, I'm excited about that, Perez, because we know, I'm not sure how long to break this going to last. And Roquan is going to be the guy that made the next man up, right, to step up. And I think right now he's showing us that, hey, look, I'm picking off where I left off last season. I'm only looking to get better here. And he's touching on the area that we haven't seen from him yet, Perez, and that's that leadership part of it that you talked about. So it's good for him. I'm happy to see that. And then you go about Dave Montgomery, man. And you're right. He took a lot from what happened last season and blamed himself part of that. I'm glad he's doing it. You know what I'm saying? He's humbling himself pretty much, Perez. And he's pretty much saying, hey, I'm going to be better than I was last season. So whatever it is I didn't do right, whatever I contribute to some of the negativity there that caused us to not to get a good play or get some yardage, I'll own that. I'm coming back with vengeance. And I like to see that from a guy like him. So he's the one that really showing us that, hey, I want to get better. I'm working hard right now. And I'm going to show these guys who are also partnering with me as well, the other running back core, that, hey, look, this is what it takes. I'm going to put it to work in, and I'm going to show these guys here what I'm able to do. So I'm going to take it a step further. I think I agree with your point with the running back room showing them that example. But I say that whole offense because you have guys that we've talked about in the past, Anthony Miller. This right. is your make it or break a season. So when you got a guy like David Montgomery, who I thought had a really good year, how mm-hmm. he's looking himself in the mirror and saying that he could do better. Well, Anthony yep. Miller, instead of blaming us fans for calling you out, we need you to look at yourself in the mirror and step up and do more. And that's the difference between a leader and a guy that's making excuses. And we don't need any more of the excuses from Anthony Miller. So that's why when I heard that from David Montgomery, it got me fired up, man, because I'm like, that is a leader. That is leadership skills right there, man. Taking ownership and figuring out ways to get better. And you're right, Miller. Hey, on the other hand, you got to show us something, man. All that talking anyway, we, we Perez and I don't care about your talking, man. We don't no. care how you feel about us as, as fans. No. All we want to see is production on that field. So right. you say what you have to say, now show us something on the field. That's right. That's right. Because listen, at the end of the day, man, all we care about are wins and losses, man. We, we don't care about anything other than that. So if you go out there on that field and you do what you need to do, you got no problems for me in A-Dub at all. No. Listen, <laughs> listen. I'll remove that nickname, bro. I don't want to call you can't get right. I don't. It hurts me when I do that to you, man. I don't want to do that. I love you, man. But you know what? I can't love you, man, when you're out there punching people in the playoff game. We need you. Can't have that happening, man. Cannot have that happen. Those mental breakdowns, man. We cannot have that happen. Gotta show the mental toughness, man. And because we criticize you a little bit, you still gotta show mental toughness, man. You can't let our criticism hurt you. Use it as motivation to get better. Listen, whatever he needs to do, if he needs to listen to this episode about 15, 20 times, do it, bro. Plus, we'll love those downloads. But whatever you need to do to get yourself ready, <laughs> do it. <laughs> exactly, man. All we want to see is good production on that field, man. Show us something on that field. Can't say it any better than that, A-Dub. So one other thing that I want to get your viewpoint on, Matt Nagy has kind of gone out and said, you know, in attendance. Last, the first week, he was just like, oh, it's okay. He said, uh... It's not an issue. Remember, it's voluntary. He wants to make it loud and clear that the on the field part, you know, he said that's just one part of it. 
but he said the classroom part is the other part, right? So the classroom right. part, that's where all those guys, I'm assuming, are showing up, right? Correct. Fine. But I still wonder, A-Dub, why is the defense not showing up? Last week, everybody sat out except for Roquan. Right. This week, it was Roquan and then Gibson showed up today or this week. Why are these guys not showing up? That's the point that I want to make. Now, Nagy's trying to act, act like it's not a big deal, right? And saying that they're building these relationships over Zoom. Listen, there is a big difference between collaboration and there's a bigger difference between actually connecting with your teammate or connecting with your coworker in person. A-Dub, you and I talk about this all the time with our jobs. You do the best you can remotely, but there's right. a lot of gaps. And so I just don't understand why Nagy's trying to sell us these bill of goods that, oh, it's okay. We're, we're fine. Because we all know that if he can have those guys out there in the field, you know he wants those guys there. I am kind of concerned about that, Perez. I mean, I'm not overly concerned, but I am concerned because I would think that these guys want to be part of it and also work with these young guys, Perez. That's why I thought the goal for me was to see these veterans work with some of these young guys, man, and show them how to do it and teach them up, you know, and help them out, right? Because we're going to need all the guys who are part of this team on this team. We're going to need them all, man, just in case. You never know what might, might, what might occur injury-wise, et cetera. So things can happen. So it's just, to me, it's a little bit disappointing not seeing those veterans. It really is. It makes me wonder, A-Dub, because remember during that six-game losing streak when Matt Nagy basically threw the defense under the bus when they were basically the unit that was actually competing and playing their asses off every week? Remember when he threw them under the bus? Yeah, I remember that. Yep, absolutely. Is that part of the reason why these guys haven't shown up? It has to be something there that they're kind of proving a point. I don't know. But that's just something I just thought about. Because players not showing up to voluntary practices, even though they're voluntary, I get it. But it's still not a good thing because that time that you can have on the field is so important. These young guys are the ones who really, you know, want to learn and want to grow as well, Perez. And they want to look to these veterans, right, to learn from, the leaders of this team, right? And not even seeing our veterans there, I'm glad for Propon, but not seeing the other guys there, man. I kind of wonder what they got going on outside of, you know, um, football to where they can't come. And you, who knows, right, what they got going on? I don't know. But the thing is, I wish these guys would have made an effort to be there and to be part of it. And that's why I still think they're proving a point. But yep. we'll, we'll see what happens uh, when things move to mandatory next week. So, audience, June 15th through June 17th, mandatory minicamp. It's on the horizon. So we'll see. But until then, we had attendance on defense that was pretty, pretty suspect. Offense, those guys showed up except for Foles, but doesn't matter. He'll be all right. All you're going to be doing is holding the clipboard anyway, so you can do that shit remotely. We don't care. But right. for defensive purposes, A-Dub, it was just really interesting. And that's something that I just want our audience just think about that. Is there something there with that defense that those guys secretly have a little bit of beef with the head coach? I don't know. But I just want everybody to think about that because he did throw those guys under the bus last season. I think this is deeper than just, oh, we don't want to, you know, do the the in-person stuff because of COVID and the pandemic. That could be part of it, but I think it might be more to it than just that. Yeah, it could be, Perez, and we all have our speculations around that. And I just hope these guys, when the mandatory training comes out, that these guys are there, right? That they are there, ready, and ready to learn, ready to grow, and show these young guys some, some good things, man. So. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's going to be the telling press to see what happens. Yes, sir. Now, let's segue over to this week's OTA. So we talked about the fact that Tyshawn Gibson joined Roquan as the only defensive starter 
that basically reported this week for the in-person workouts. So now we got a little bit of reporting that came out, which I was kind of glad because we hadn't really got a lot of information. But what did they say today to us, uh, A-Dub? They told us that Justin Fields struggled a bit, but he still played well. But they say he struggled with some of his center quarterback exchanges. So the ball yeah. kind of hit the ground a couple times, which that's never a good thing. That's something that he'll definitely want to make sure that he cleans up. But Andy Dalton got picked off three times today in seven on seven drills. A-Dub, I want to get your thoughts on that because when I heard that, I said, how do you get picked off in the 707 drills? And on top of that, the starter defense isn't even there. That is huge, Perez. And what that had me thinking about was one thing here, Perez. Who fault was it? Was the fault on the quarterback or was the fault on maybe the wide receiver who he's throwing to, right? Did they screw up on, on the play or something, right? Because you always wonder that, right? Because they were talking about before, Perez, that, hey, Eddie Dalton's going to put it right there, right where they need to go and go get it. You guys go get it, right? It's coming out pretty fast release-wise. And at this point, I wonder, okay, so when he was throwing that football, who was that fault? Now, is Andy Dalton struggling, making mistakes? That's huge. And we won't even make these mistakes this early, right, in, in, in this kind of practice here. So they kind of wondered about that. Like, what's going on there? Well, either still, he's going up against backup defensive guys in this league, rookies probably, or, you know, second or third stringers. It's just not a good look because nope. Justin Fields, I didn't hear about him throwing picks in 707. So that's something that's to think about because earlier in this conversation, A-Dub, I brought up to you, do we have a budding quarterback competition? I mean, a true competition because we can't call this situation now a quarterback competition because if Dalton's getting all the number one reps and if Justin right. Field is only getting the number two reps, that's not a quarterback competition. It's not. It's but not. I want our listeners to just kind of hear me. Just, just listen to prayers for one second. Stop what you're doing. I know in the grand scheme of things, this is just one unpadded practice that I'm talking about. And you guys are hearing me talk about Dalton struggling in those seven, seven drills. But I just want you guys to realize that the quarterback not named Andy Dalton looked more to part today. The quarterback not named Andy Dalton performed like a veteran quarterback. Now, I told you, Fields wasn't perfect. He struggled a little bit. but. He's continued to impress his coaches, his teammates, and the media. I just want people to just kind of think about that. Just really quickly think about that. So, Nick, currently there's no quarterback competition, but will that change if we continue to hear reporting come out where Andy Dalton is having days like this and Justin Fields continues to put together good practice days? That is something that we need to continue to monitor because things could change, friends. I mean, they, they can say that Andy Dalton's the guy, right? But if this kid, right, what we talked about before, Perez, continue to grow and continue to improve and looks like he can take that job and looks ready and everything else, all the other pieces are in, in place for him, man, why not Justin Fields? I will let the guys go ahead and say, hey, let this um, guy Andy Dalton continue to be the starter. But I'm wondering, Perez, down the road, how many games are we going to allow Andy Dalton to play? If this kid is showing us all the right signs, doing all the right things, Perez, and improving at a fast pace. At some point, you're going to have to unleash him at some point. No, I, I think that's a fair point, A-Dub, because sitting him just for the sake of sitting him makes zero sense. And we also heard that Justin Fields threw another beautiful deep ball touchdown to Jameer Bird today. And yes. so obviously we didn't get to see that, but from everything that I heard about that pass, they said that thing was on the money and he hit him in stride. 
And that is something that we have not had here in this offense at that quarterback position. The media also reported that Justin Fields also was correcting his teammates at the line of scrimmage and making sure that they had right personnel in the huddle. Now, I'm not taking any shots at anybody that was here in the past, but when you got a quarterback in here that knows what's going on, that doesn't have to be coddled and knows what the fuck's going on on the field, that is a really good sign for a rookie that's coming in here and he is telling guys like, no, 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 this is what's going on. This is what you should be doing. He's performing like a veteran. He's approaching this thing as a veteran and he's conducting himself as such. And Prez, I heard Money Moon talk about Justin Fields, man. I mean, Money Moon was like, man, he's very accurate, man. The guy wants that ball in front of you, man. Like on the money, Prez, like on the money. And the fact is, they even said, he even said that, you know, Justin Fields tough on himself, man. That he wants to continue to make those right plays and be accurate, Prez. So just hearing that, other guys, what they're saying about him, Prez, it just speaks volume, man. That this kid, man, is probably going to be extremely special, Prez. And I'm liking what I'm seeing right now and how people are, what they're saying about him. Well, so you brought up a point there that I wanted to touch on. So you brought up Darnell Mooney because he did speak to the media today because they asked him, what is unique or special about Fields' deep ball? And right. what what he said, beautiful, accurate ball. The big thing that I've liked about him is he said, not only is he a good player, but he's a good person. That's huge, right? Huge. Because now that's showing, hey, man, these guys actually like him. The second point that I wanted to make that Mooney said, and I want to get your thoughts on this, during his presser, he said that he was smiling mid-route on a pass that he got from Justin Fields. That shit right there, when I heard that, I was smiling. So I can only imagine Prince. how you felt. Hey, man. Hey, Prez. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man, Prez. I'm getting extremely excited right now talking with you about this, man. Because in my mind, Prez, all I can see is TDs, man. Big plays, <laughs> Prez. That's all I can see, man. And I'm glad my boy Money Moon was excited about that because Money Moon thinking his mind that, hey, I got somebody who can get that shit to me. <laughs> and and, and that's what, all across my mind. And, and the bank's going to be open, right? Bank is open, baby. So, yeah. So, but no, I, I figured you was going to be excited to, to hear that. But another part about the Mooney Presser that I thought about was they asked him, hey, what type of end of season feedback did you get from the coaches to build upon your year two? And he said that the coaching staff said that he exceeded their expectations. But he said right. to him, he didn't feel like he exceeded. That's the type of attitude that I like because that shows hunger. Because I thought that he had a solid rookie season, but he even realizes that, hey, there was a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns that I left on the field last season, right? And right, right. he said in his own words that he wants to be more of a threat to defenders and an asset on the offense. So, A.D., right. when I listen to that, it sounds like Darnell Mooney's coming into this season with a big chip on his shoulder. Man, kind of remind me of your boy Montgomery saying some of the things, right, Press? Thinking about what they can do differently this season. And this kid, man, thinking about, you know, uh, the fact they got some experience on his belt, that's the one thing you like for a talent to have, Press, is experience. This kid is already thinking about how defense is going to play him, being able to read defense a lot better than he did last season. Man, I can see a lot of great things happening for him because he touched on that part, Press, about experience. Just the fact that now I can see these guys' demeanor. I can read their demeanor and I can know what I need to do next. Yeah, and I think that's really important. Another thing, too, he gave some kudos to Matt Nagy. He said that Matt Nagy has a creative mind, and he said that he knows that he's going to find ways for him to succeed. Now, that's something that you and I talked about a lot on this show last season of they have to be creative with getting this guy the ball in spots where he can succeed, but also 
a Tariq Cohen. You have so many weapons on this offense, they're going to have to figure out how to get them the ball in areas where they can make plays out there. And that's what you get more excited about right there, man, is to see how it can all come together, man. If this all goes right, Prince, this is going to be awesome, man. And I will say this, too, because Nagy, when I was listening to him, he was speaking on, on Darnell Mooney a little bit. He was basically saying, it's our job to make sure that he gets a lot of opportunities because he's a threat in this offense. Now, when I hear that from the head coach and the guy that's also the play caller, I'm like, okay, well, it sounds good. So actually go out there and dial up those plays and actually fucking do it, Matthew. Wait, Exactly, it. man. I'm with you, Prez. Let my boy eat. I'm telling you, man, Prez, what you're going to hear from me is money moon consistently. The bank is open, baby. That's what you're going to hear from me, Prez. I'm glad they're thinking about getting him more involved in the offense, man. I'm glad Nagy said he's a threat. Hey, look, you know this already. Let's make this guy part of the solution. Let's do it. Let's get this guy more involved. I was going to say this, man. I hope that I hear that from you on every episode that we record, because that means that Mooney had a big-time game. We talked about Nagy's comments about Darnell Mooney. Nagy also came out this week and made some really good comments about Justin Fields, especially today. He says that Justin Fields has the mentality to rip your heart out. Now, when I hear that type of description about somebody, man, especially when we're talking about a quarterback, bro, mercy. Hey, I think you saw one of those plays with Justin Fields throwing the football, man, that just lets you know that, hey, this cat, man, this guy here is lethal. So the hearing that prayer what you just said, man, that's big time. It just gets you more excited, right, to want to see more plays we want to see this guy on, on fan more. You just want to see this guy play, man. So us fans, friends, we're asking for more now. So, Nagy, when you speak about this guy like this here, you got to be willing to let us see more about him. And I'm just going to tell you this. With the 2021 OTAs wrapping up here today, if Bears fans weren't already excited about Justin Fields, they better fucking be now. Because I'm telling you, he's done nothing to disappoint. Nothing to disappoint. And as I say that, I still look over to the left, and I'm looking at my white Justin Fields jersey hanging up in his glory. My God, we are so lucky to have him as our quarterback. So lucky. Yes, yes, we are, Prez. This also brought a lot of hope to us, man, a lot of excitement. That I'm just ready for football, man, Prez. I'm just ready, man. Preseason, get here. I'm ready, man. I hope it hurry up and get here. I hope it hurry up. I can't wait for fucking the mini camp next week. I can't wait for training camp. Me and you are going to training camp this season, bro. So we'll be able to see some of the stuff up close and personal so we don't have to depend on beat reporters to get us information. Exciting times here in Chicago. Exciting fucking times. Yes, they are, Prez. And I mean, I'm just so proud of our boys, man. So proud of this team. And I'm looking forward to this, man. I'm really into this journey here. And um, more about Justin Fields. I want to hear more. <laughs> Listen, I, I, we've already told the listeners. There's going to be a lot of Justin Fields talk on this podcast. And guess what? I don't care if you guys are like, man, these guys talk about him a lot. Get over it. Because we're going to talk about that man on every show. And he probably going to dominate a lot of our episodes this summer. We don't care. Because Justin Fields is our quarterback. Get used to it, baby. It's coming. (laughs) Uh, A couple other guys that I wanted to touch on that that spoke today, A-Dub, and I want to get your thoughts on it. First was Sam Mustafer. So obviously we've talked about him on the show. He needs to get a little bit stronger. There was times that I told you on film that I saw him get pushed around a little bit. One thing that I heard him say today that really made me really happy 
He said that he put on 10 pounds of lean muscle, and he said he'd been training with Olin Cruz this offseason. What are your right. thoughts there on that, A-Dub? Man, Chris, that made me proud, man. It made me proud about the fact that Olin Cruz is a guy he's looking up to, who's been here, he's done a, a lot of work for us, man, with this organization, that I'm proud to even see that he wanted to work with him. So to me, I was actually just excited, Perez, about that. And I'm glad he put on some muscle and things of nature too, Perez, because it shows that this guy really wanted to play, man. He wants to put the work in, put the time in, and he's ready for the, you know, the challenge. So that's always good to see you see players are doing these things here to continue to get better. And that was one part of it. So I'm excited. Yeah, that was great to see. And another part of his discussion that really impressed me was he was asked about his mindset entering the season as a potential starter. And he basically said his mindset never changes. And he said each offseason, his focus is on being prepared, whether he's a practice squad player, whether he's a backup, or whether he's a, a potential starter. That's the attitude that you want a guy to have as he's fighting to be a starter or fighting for basically his next contract or fighting for his place on the organization hierarchy. Whatever the case may be, you want to hear a guy basically saying, hey, I want to earn my key. It's about putting that work in, too, man. That's what we've been hearing the theme about, right, for Money Moon from your boy Montgomery to now Mustafer. It's like these guys are talking about putting their work in and earning what they get, man. And that's what you like about guys like that, man. They're saying, hey, look, you ain't got to give me nothing. I'm going to put the work in, the preparation, and that's what's going to matter the most. I love what I heard from him. Like I said, I was already impressed with Sam Mustafer, with his leadership, his hustle out there. So now hearing that he's packed on some of that lean muscle, he's been working with Olin Krutz. Olin Krutz is one of my favorite Bears players. The fact that yes. he's working with these guys, he works with a lot of those guys on the offensive line. So basically those guys working with a guy like that is only going to yield positive results for this team. So I definitely love hearing that. Last person I wanted to get your thoughts on, and we talked about it briefly earlier in the, in the segment, was Cole Komet. In today's discussion with the media, Cole Komet said that he feels more comfortable being a year in the league. He said he feels stronger, quicker, and faster. What are your thoughts there when it comes to Cole Komet and some of those comments that he made today in the presser? The fact that he realized how the game was, you know, how it comes from college to come to the NFL, the game was a little bit different, Press. A lot of mm -hmm. guys are faster, they're quicker, they're stronger. So he realized he had to put some extra work in, right, to prepare himself. And I'm glad he thought about those things like that. Now that's going to help him become better this coming season. So the fact that he had that mindset, he got some good experience, man, from all this year, this lets you know that right now, this guy's going to be a good contributor moving forward because now he gets it. Absolutely. And, and one point that you've made that I really want to make sure our audience thinks about is, yes, when you basically are in the college game and you go to the pros, man, there's so many things that are different. Let's think about the lift of the season. So Cole Komet even mentioned today that in the NFL season, he said normally in college, he was done playing by Thanksgiving. He said really? in the NFL, you're still playing games. So what he said he learned is he had to prepare for the long season. And that's something that he feels like he did a better job during this offseason of preparing. He said, especially now that there's going to be a 17th game, he wants to make sure that he took care of his body. But also, the key part about what he prepared this offseason was the film room. He said he's more confident recognizing coverages and fronts. That is going to be very important. Absolutely, Perez. And I think that's going to be a key factor, man. Understanding the game will be better, right? Reading the plays, right? A lot better. So this helps, man. This just helps overall the game, right? It helps the guys in the running back, the running backs who may carry the ball, right? It helps the fact that we're going to Money Moon or we're going to A Rob. These all things play the big factor, right? And what your role is around that on those plays. So the fact that he's getting that understanding, Perez, that cerebral part of the game, 
that's going to be huge, man. And I, I can tell you, Press, it's going to pay dividends for him on the field. Yeah, and, and I think that point that you made about the running game is huge because he even brought that up. They asked him, what are some of your goals within the offense this season? And the thing he mentioned was he wants to be a presence in the run game. So obviously right. he realizes that's going to be very important for him. But he also wants to be involved in some of the downfield passing. That's an area that I thought in college he showed that ability. We didn't get to see a lot of that from him last season. So hopefully this year we can open up the field a little bit more and get uh, Colt commit working the seams, A-Dub. I think that's on the table right there, Press, to get him involved more. I think um, I heard Nagy speak about him as well, right? You're an oppressor, right? Nagy talk, kind of talked about him, the fact that, hey, he was starting to turn things on, starting to get better throughout the season last year, late in the season. He was showing some promise, right? And I think that can carry over, right? So now we have a now quarterback who's able to throw the ball and get it out there that we could probably add this guy as a weapon out there, right? Now he can get some opportunities a little bit more. So I'm looking forward to seeing Commit get more involved in the offense. Yeah, it's going to be really awesome, man. I, I'm, I'm very excited about this team that we're going to be putting out there on the field. Ryan Pace has done a great job of, of sealing up, you know, perceived holes that we had. I like the depth. Uh, we'll see if they add any more pieces to that offensive line. But A-Dub, I mean, I feel pretty good about things as we go, head into the uh, mandatory mini camps, man. I'm getting excited, man. And the thing is, I know you and I are looking at one thing as well. We want to see how these guys continue to develop, right? We want to hear a lot of good stories about them right now. These kids are very humbling, man. They're ready. But the thing is, man, their development. And I think right now, Maggie and the rest of the coaching staff are really focused in on that, man. And then one thing I like about what they're doing as well, Perez, they're actually building a relationship with these players as well. So keep this going, man. Keep this energy. I like what I'm seeing. Again, I'm looking forward to these checks, man. Bear down. Before we get out of here, audience, we mentioned on the last show that we're going to be incorporating a new Chicago sports podcast show. That's going to be premiering on June 23rd. Leading up to that show launch, A-Dub and I are going to be doing a Justin Fields jersey giveaway to kick off that show and that initial episode. More details to come. Stay tuned. Yes, sir. All right, A-Dub, man. It's a dope-ass episode, brother. And we are out. Going to sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Very Census Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of our podcast. Bears Nation, come down with us. Peace. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.